your your goal is to have your son that already doesn't speak well to say hey you guys in hopes that he sounds exactly like sloth well he's gonna put his own spin on it but yeah i mean he's getting better so we're taking the speech therapy but while he has trouble as most three-year-olds do just let's exploit it enjoyment yeah i'm not gonna exploit exploit it for my own personal satisfaction i'm not gonna sell it although maybe (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and I finally watched The Goonies. And today we have a very special guest, Michael Campion. Hello, good to be on. You might know Michael Campion from Netflix's Fuller House as Jackson Fuller. However, I've known Michael back when he first got into acting. I think around when you were eight years old. I think so. Yeah, it was that that was a that was about the time. I feel I feel like even younger, honestly. Yeah, maybe maybe like I I I should prefix that I don't at the uh at like 18 years old. I I don't go around like introducing myself to random 8-year-olds. Um but originally I knew your sister back in high school. Right. And then when I went to film school, I put, uh, since you were a actor, I put you in a lot of my stuff. Right. And, it, I, and uh, those some of the best times I had. I mean, I was just a little little kid. Alan has shown me a lot of like his um, like reels, like things he's made or been a part of or whatever. But I don't. The only one I've ever seen that you were in was Bite. I haven't seen any of the other stuff. I don't think. Right. Actually, uh, yeah. Fun fact is that David is actually also in bite no way are you are you the I guy was, on the radio i was the dog <laughs> no shut up shut up <laughs> no um yeah uh time. michael you didn't you didn't know that the entire time the dog had an inner monologue going on oh god it was just david there's a whole sequel to bite it's just the dog <laughs> oh my god uh no he yeah he was actually in the beginning he was one of the voices that was like calling like Oh, it's a it's an apocalyptic pandemic something SOS right. something something. We'll just kind of get started in the in the uh, talking about the film. Um, we start off with the high speed. No, sorry, we start off with the jailbreak. I always forget it starts this way. Like every time I see it, I was like, oh yeah. Like, I never remember it. I always think it starts at the house. I got scared when I was a little kid when he hung himself because I, I didn't know what was going on. And when he when he hit the guy and the stuff was blowing up, I was like, what the heck? I, I Man, that, it is like engraved in my brain from childhood. Yeah. How you young know, were you? How young were that? you when you saw when you first saw it? Um, I, woo, my sister showed it to me when I was probably six years old and it's been a movie I've watched probably every other year for a long time. So, uh, what's funny is that we put out a poll on Twitter and, uh, it's not like we have a lot of Twitter followers, but, uh, David asked me to ask our Twitter fam that uh, is it appropriate to show the Goonies to a three-year-old, more specifically his three-year-old son? And I'll tell you, this was one of our most like active uh, posts. People were like 
don't you dare. Uh, this is super not appropriate. And then like, what are you thinking? And then other people are like, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> and so watching this for the first time and the very first thing you see is a guy who like commits suicide. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, I guess like, yeah, those people are right. And then he's not actually dead. And then I watched the whole film and I'm like, no, you know what? For the people who say like, don't show it to kids, like they're insane. I can't think of like one thing that, especially since like so many things go over like a three-year-old's head. I couldn't really think of like something that's like traumatized. The skeletons maybe, but that's like about it. There's Those are real skeletons wrong. too. Get out. Yeah. Really? All of, all of them are real except Chester Copperpots, but all the other pirates are real skeletons. What about One-Eyed Pete? I, I, <laughs> One-Eyed Willie? <laughs> One-Eyed Willie? <laughs> yeah, One-Eyed Willie. I watched the movie. So my wife actually just kind of overruled me and we didn't show it to him because uh, another movie we showed to him like a couple of weeks back was um, Three Ninjas and he had a nightmare from that. So instead we watched Homeward Bound, which he was really into. So, hit, you know, maybe six, five to six sounds like a good time to wait. I feel like you could definitely show the Goonies to a three-year-old. Like they will not get most of it. And some of the images are a little scary, but most of the time it's fun, and uh, it's going to go over their head most of the time. It, so. It's also so cart. It's so cartoonish that yeah, like it's, car- it's very cartoony, yeah. So yeah, well, okay. So about the cartoonishity of the whole thing. So the the jail breakout and then setting the fire like the perimeter around the jail. I was just like. I don't know. I was just like not into it for a while. I was like, all right, maybe it's just because it's it's an older movie. And but it, it took me about maybe I'll say halfway into the movie for me to actually start getting like invested in it. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just because the cheese all, and I usually love cheese. But this was just like. Uh, I guess kind of a slow start. I'm like, just get on with the treasure hunting, please. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too I, bad. I I loved it. I was like straight off the bat. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the beginning too. So when we get to the house is like when it really like picks up for me. But it is funny though, watching it now as an adult, because I don't think I've watched it in like five to 10 years, something like that or at least watched it all the way through like this and maybe even longer. But like, there's just so many like little nuances and like little things that are added into like make the story work. And then at the same time, I think there's like some stuff missing that would have made it like better for me. But like all of the people you see in the town, like all the characters we're about to meet as the Fratellis are driving by them, I thought is like, a, it's always a really nice touch. Like you see Andy and then you see chunk when he spills the milkshake, like, all that stuff. I don't get the one girl, um, Steph, which I don't think I ever hear her name mentioned, but um, she's the girl that I think like makes out with mouth at the end. She's like pulling a crab out of the of the like out of like a thing by a dock, like with her teeth. It looks like in the beginning. I was like, I don't really understand what you're doing. Yeah, I didn't know what that was either. Yeah, guys, it's the it's the old um, bobbing for crab tradition, idiots. She's by herself uh, right. too. 
It's just like a it's just like a Friday afternoon. She has nothing to do. She's like, hey, let me let me just bob for crab. I want it to be mouth. I mean, I'm sorry, not mouth. I want it to be data really bad because I I remember trying to make like the gadgets like like when he pulls himself onto the thing. I was like, I could make that. Like I can mission impossible something. Yeah. You're you're also missing a few other components of being data too. So yeah, well, just a few. <laughs> You're saying because he's not Asian? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. gotcha, that was gotcha. the one. That was, okay, that was the main. Um, the, the, so talking about the thing I was saying that was missing, I was reading up that like there was this whole Goonies oath that they cut out, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's like I will never betray my goon doc friends. Da da da. We'll stick together. And this movie like references a lot about like oh we're the Goonies and we're these you know these townspeople or whatever but I felt like they could have established that like a little bit better in the beginning just like maybe even having the oath in there just kind of like referencing how important that aspect was is it was because throughout as they're like talking about it like oh we're Goonies you know oh I'm gonna miss this town I felt more like they're just like oh I'm gonna miss my town more than they're like this is, we are this group of kids, you know, that we call ourselves this. Like, I thought they could have done a little bit better with that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Especially since, like, the Goonies, to me, are the little kids and maybe Josh Berlin. And then, like, the two girls come on and they're like, like, later on in the movie, they're like, we're all the Goonies now. And I was like, eh, are you? Like, uh, just maybe the guys. Yeah, I I understand where you're coming from with that. I just the second that I saw the bad guy like coming to foreclose the house, I was already like, "All right, that would suck." And I was like, "All right, I want these guys to win." That's when I was like, "All right, I want them to win now." Now I do. I thought the guy that the Fratellis killed and put on the freezer was the foreclosed guy. I, I for like a for like when you're first, like, when he first, like, comes and, like, falls out of the freezer, I was like, holy shit, they killed the, they killed the, the main antagonist of the movie. It's like, way to go for tellies. I'm on their side now. I actually, I don't know if I'd ever realized this before. Like, the, those two guys that walk in, I think as a kid, I was always just like, oh, those two guys, it must have been the, but, you know, they, they set up, like, those two guys walk in, they kind of talk about the way they look, and you're like, oh, they kind of look like feds. And then you hear shots. And then you never see them again. And so as a kid, I was just an idiot who just didn't think about it. And this time I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty, like, pretty cool. But also, like, these two feds just happened to go to this restaurant on their own and then, like, didn't let anyone know where they were and, like, <laughs> just get killed. So I thought it was, it was, I don't know. I'm sure, like, both of you guys seeing it as a little kid, the least interesting thing about this was, like, the Fratelli B plot of this like you were totally invested in like the little kids on a treasure hunting adventure right oh i don't know about that i i mean with the fratellis and uh them capturing chunk that was so funny that was so funny to me uh i i thoroughly enjoyed them the whole time uh especially when they're slapping each other with slices of pizza <laughs> uh and gosh no i I liked it all. Man, I, I am just realizing how much I am praising all around. I don't know. I feel like it was so engraved in me as a child, maybe. That's like a foundational part of my like movie experiences. Like, it really was. It really was. So 
perhaps I'm biased, but well, Mama Fratelli for me is like an image like that. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else, right? She was obviously um, older at this time, so she did a lot of stuff before this. But like her face is like engraved in my head for the for like forever. And once you see her as a little kid, um, and I think she's great in it. So that part of it, the two brothers and their relationship, and like the fact that the mama loves the the one with the toupee more. Um, and then the way, like, that, the character development of every single person in this movie, including the Fratellis, like, the the one Fratelli, like, speaking Italian all the time and singing, and the other one with the toupee, like, they're just kind of really well established in, like, their relationship to their mom. So, yeah, I was, like, invested in all of that. I would just have been, like... All right, kids on a treasure hunt. That, that, that's me as a kid. But that's that's fine. <laughs> um, let me ask you, Michael. Did this like it had a bunch of kid actors in it? As a kid watching this, were you like that? That's what I want to do. I want to like act in these movies at a young age. You know, when I was that little, I feel like I I, I don't know if it was inspiring to me or I was like. It was so nonchalantly, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can go in there. I can be in that movie. I didn't really know the difference because I had already done so, I I had already done like all those little feature films, no, not feature films, all, all, all those little student films. And um, I had been on lots of sets and I just figured that, I was like, yeah, that that happens. That'd be cool. Really, I, I feel like I didn't have any sense of the future when I was little. I was just w- whatever was coming my way is what I is what I liked. So did I look at it later and go, oh my gosh, I would love to do that? Yes, but not like right away, you know? Got it. I mean, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, but do you think like, you know, you had your own experience on Fuller House, um, which is like in LA, shot in LA, shot in front of a live audience, right? Yeah. Um, and then kind of watching these kids i mean sean astin josh brolin they've grown up to be super big stars but do you think it was better for kid actors back in the 80s or do you think you you guys have it pretty good now uh i uh, hmm, that's that that's a good question uh i feel like there are lots more opportunities now as a kid actor to be doing stuff like Nickelodeon and uh, a bunch of I, I feel like there's a lot more kids content around uh, but if you were a child actor back then you had a lot more mm, like like notoriety or power you know I see, I, yeah I see what yeah, you're saying like it was also a lot more dangerous like I mean I I saw like the documentary of uh, Corey what's his name last name Feldman. um yeah, Feldman. Feldman. Yeah. yeah, and like how atrocious you know that that world was when you're a little kid, you know, growing up in that. So I'm like, I'm glad I, <laughs> I'm glad people are more aware of uh, that world when you're little. I think I think Corey Feldman's a really good example of like the bad side of turning out as a kid actor, right? When you're an adult, and then you take Sean Astin, which is like the good side of like how you would turn out as a kid actor, right? 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 And I feel like for me, the the most like, and I know they 
purposely did this, but the most likable character in the whole thing is Sean Astin's character. Like that's the one I was rooting for the whole time. And I'm like, when when Chunk got kidnapped by the Fratellis, I hated his character so much. I what? honestly, I honestly was like, you know what? If they kill him, fine, I can deal with it. <laughs> that is that is the hottest take I've ever heard of Chunk. That is insane. He's like I mean, kid, he, uh, he's like this kid talks so much. I want him to die. Is yeah, that's the line. No, because Mouth talks more, and at least Mouth is like semi likable. He's not that likable, but I don't know. I felt like he was more likable than Chunk. Oh man, I I love Chunk. I mean, he was well. Okay, I can understand him being annoying, but he was so he was like so pudgy and this innocent little, like little kid, and and he was he was so scared of everything, which is. It's so entertaining to watch, and then when his his whole story of like throwing up on everyone, I I have that that whole story in my head, and I remember laughing at it when I was little. But yeah, I, man, I can't believe he wanted him to die. That's insane. <laughs> did Did anyone feel like that story about him throwing up was an homage to Stand by Me? It's a it's a Spielberg story. It's something that happened in his life like really happened in his life yeah he was a producer on this and so yeah it was something that he took from his life oh because i mean apparently oh according to imdb trivia facts so you know what <laughs> i noticed this time too in the beginning and one i think like the way they established mikey and his like you know his asthma and like his his tick of like saying the wrong word and then like someone corrects him and he's like that's what i said and the fact that his mom does the exact same thing like that that's like he's so well established as a character the other thing i thought about looking at chunk now is chunk is like not that chunky in 2022 he's just like a normal looking kid like he's like a little bit overweight but like not not bad and like for back then you're like oh fucking do the truffle shuffle show us your stomach but like like I was like, he's not that chunky. So I have a question about that. Okay, first of all, I love all the contraptions, like the contraption that they had to like open the gate and stuff like that. Let me ask you, Michael, how did Mouth get through the gate if you needed to un- un- do the little contraption, but Chunk couldn't get through the gate? How did Mouth get through the gate? Oh, hmm, I didn't. I I feel like he just would have hopped the fence or something like that. Uh, yeah. I feel like yeah. Chunk is a lot more like let me in type guy. Well, mouth, is, mouth is taller and probably skinnier and can jump a little better. And yeah, Chunk's shorter and like couldn't get over it. And so he's like, I need you to let me in. Yeah. And Michael's yeah. over there being like, just bust through the screen gate like uh, Data. No that problem. That was, I remember that too. I was like, man, he this, this kid's got a zip line and he's got <laughs> his gadgets. I want that. Yeah. I thought the 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 funniest joke in the beginning was they broke the penis off of the tiny <laughs> st- statue of David. And, and then they put it on upside down. And I was like, okay, movie, that's pretty fucking funny. Like, that's good. Yeah, the, all, I th- all those characters, and Data is one of my favorites too. Like, um, you know, it's funny now, Data was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. And his entertainment lawyer is Chunk. Chunk no became way. a lawyer and does like entertainment law, and he represents Data. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. I love that. Yeah. 
One thing I noticed too as an adult, I never noticed then the town is so beautiful. Like just looking at the town of Astoria, I like it's not something I noticed, but it's just like like I would love to live in a place like that. I was like never really appreciated it as a kid. Well, you can. I think it's a real it's it's a real town. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but don't go by the house because they the owners get pissed. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Wait, isn't it in Oregon? Where is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Astoria, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. shot they shot like most of the movie right there, and uh, obviously a few uh, of the big, bigger set pieces on on a soundstage. But yeah, they actually no, shot it at Warner Brothers. And when I was shooting Fuller House, I, I I got a chance to go by the the sets. It was really cool. Oh, that that was like a big moment for you. I bet. Yeah, I was like, whoa, yeah, this is like where it was shot. Like, there's there's a huge soundstage. It's got like a pit in it, and that's where they had the the ship. And uh, the waterfall and all that, super cool. I was wondering where the ship was actually placed because I, they built the ship. And I was like, but where did you put it? And I guess that's like really like, obviously it has to be in something like that. But it just, that that set design is so cool for that last shot as they walk in and see the ship. Like it's one of the, the I think the scene that sticks with me the most is probably like the piano scene. Like it's the one I think about first when I think about this movie, like of all the things they have to get through, and then but then obviously like every time you see the ship, you're like, holy shit, that's so cool. I think I correct me if I'm wrong. I read somewhere that they kept the kids uh, hiding away from the ship before that that shot, so they could have like real reactions to to the ship, you know, them turning around. I read that too, and then apparently Josh Brolin said, holy shit, and they like re-recorded it, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they should, I, well, it, a little bit, because I read, you know, it's they say shit so many times throughout the movie, um, but apparently they were strategically placed so that when they showed it on TV, um, they could cut out and you wouldn't miss any dialogue or anything else, or they could just, they could either like raise the other sounds over it or that they could just cut that little bit so you wouldn't know it was there. And so, like, yeah, they got their initial reaction, but Brolin, like, messed it up, and so they had to redo it. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I I feel like they're less strict with that type of stuff nowadays. Like, Yeah. Are you – so it's funny because I remember when we were doing Bite and um, (laughs) the – yeah, you you remember this story, right? Uh, So so this was a scene – in the, in my short film where Michael's character like gets finally gets the radio working a little bit to call out for help and then it 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 short circuits and it dies again. And he's supposed to get upset and and I thought this was like a really awesome moment and Michael just brought tears and everything like this was like I mean mind you this was 6 years ago and the first time I had Michael in anything of mine was like literally when he was 10 years old. So his acting got much better in, in, that, age, in that range. But uh, it was this really awesome moment where he got angry and incredibly sad. And in the first take, you go, fuck, and you slam down the mic and we had to hire like someone to watch over you because you were still underage when we were shooting bite 
And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, that's the most perfect take. That That's it. Like, we got it. It's a one And she leans over to me and she goes, um, you can't use that. And I'm like, excuse me, lady? Why? <laughs> Why not? And he's, she's like, his contract doesn't have that he can curse in this film. Oh, kill yourself. That I cannot believe that. You did not tell me that. What? I didn't want to tell you that. I mean, part of my job is to just make you blissfully right. ignorant through the whole thing. Oh, so no. so I was like, okay, Michael, cool. That's awesome. Uh, can you do it again? <laughs> just bring and, it on. And oh. yeah, yeah. And, and, and don't say the F word. Um, what, what's funny too is that I used that entire shot just all around you saying the word and then I had to use the other take for when like you slammed down the microphone. But mm. like I was really mad because I I I wanted to use that and I apparently would have gotten in a lot of trouble for that. From who? Dang. The, God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, from for you got sued for all the profits from Byte? <laughs> yeah. Who? Uh, no, I don't know from from your agent Michael or your manager or someone like that. But I guess like you know, Fuller House is is PG or just rated. It's de- definitely PG thirteen. There are curse words involved, you know, okay. from time to time. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't what know. What was what was that process like? Like when you're a little kid, uh, and you're like, okay, now you say a word that mommy and daddy doesn't usually make you say like growing up how was that like separated from like your your home life i guess yeah that's interesting i really didn't want to curse for like the longest time i i was i was born like in a really uh christian household and a very very sheltered and i was like no i do not want to curse and i remember just growing up growing out of that uh but I would turn down like auditions because I didn't want to curse like that. Uh, I mean, just now, I, I mean, oh my gosh, I, I can't, I can't believe like how seriously, like picky I was about that. I remember even even on uh, the other one, what was it called? Sex Ed? Was it what was it again? Oh was yeah, that? Sex Ed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, the lead actress, she like cursed a bunch, and I was like, "What are you doing? Don't do that!" And I, I remember telling her that. But yeah, it was it was definitely definitely yeah, time I, in my life. I remember directing you on uh, a few a few like things, and and I wasn't the only one. It, it's so funny because you know I went to school in Sarasota in the in the film school there, and. Um, there was not a giant selection of child of good child actors in Sarasota. They there was like a little little group, and then most of our actors, like most of the the movies that we wrote, involved adults and teenagers. And there was like a bunch of acting schools um, for that for those age groups, right? And then uh, your I think your mom is originally from Sarasota, right? Right. And so um, I was talking to her and I was like, hey, how big of a deal would it be if you brought Michael down uh, for like my short film or whatever, whatever? 
And she was like, oh yeah, I love Sarasota, no problem, no big deal. And then you stepped on the campus and we did the thing. And then I think like you were in every single, like once everyone became aware of you, they were like, yeah, Michael Campion is in my movie and my movie and my movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's funny. But it's okay. I'm the best. I, I get it. It's fine. Absolutely. You, you're the first and the best. <laughs> Not to steer us back too quickly. Yeah, no, steer. Please steer. Yes. So one of my favorite lines that I, like, I don't know if I'd heard it before. It's funny. Like, you're like, oh, man, I never realized that. And you're like, no, you just haven't watched it in five years. And you forgot that you, like, remember it. But when um, the scene with Rosalita and Mouth and him, like, giving her, like, all the the shit in Spanish. Like, oh, they're going to, you know, these are where the, this is where the dungeon is and this and all that. Um, But I really love the mom's line of, I would really like this house clean before they tear it down. (laughs) It's so funny to me. Like, just, like, this time, like, it really caught me. Um. And then they find, you know, they find the map um, and then they find the thing about Chester Copperpot. And that's really like the end of like the setup for this movie. And then we kind of get into the meat of it. And and one thing I've always thought with this and maybe it's just me. I don't know if you guys agree, but like I think having the Cyndi Lauper song in this, like because she was so big at the time, like it always added like gravity to this movie for me, like or gravitas, like just it made it feel so much more important because you have like this huge song like in this like pivotal moment in the movie when they escape i'm always like it made it feel like a bigger movie and obviously it's like a spielberg movie anyway or you know he's producing it so he's a part of it but like that whole scene i think is like it's obviously really great but i just think the song too i'm just like listening to it before we started i like put it on alexa but yeah I, i never thought about it like that i also, man, there's so many little details like that. This this watch around, because um, I haven't seen it in a couple of years either. But yeah, now now that you mention it, I feel like that definitely that definitely held uh, a, a place in my mind. That song and then seeing them on the bikes and uh, it doesn't Brand get run off the road like shortly after that or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. With, yeah. with uh, Troy. Yeah, yeah. And there was a song that that was playing when he was getting run off the road too. What was that? It was like I can't awesome. remember. I know what you're talking about though. I I did think with Troy this time, I was like, "There's no way that actually works. Like, there's no way that guy is strong enough to hold his hand onto the car." I was like, "He, he it would totally like just rip off. Like, you could just rip your arm out of his holds." Mm. He could have died. That is so. That is so dangerous. Yeah, he, he w- probably would have. <laughs> would have died. You know what's so funny is like watching this movie and then watching Stranger Things, for example, is how much. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of '80s movies, and I got like a bunch of references that Stranger Things pulled off, right? But watching The Goonies and then like thinking back about a couple of things in stranger things i was like whoa like that's a that was a huge goal for that show um and i don't know have have both of you seen uh the latest season yes yeah okay so the the jock bully reminded me of the 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 jock bully in the goonies yeah like yeah, a lot sure. do you think that defl- like they were like 
Mikey was like, oh, don't don't deflate his tires. He spent so much money on that. And I was like, you can just pump those back up. Like, you're not actually, like, hurting anything by just deflating the tires. I, I didn't get the big deal about that either. It's oh, not like I, they took a switchblade yeah. and they, like, cut a hole in his tire. They just, like, unscrewed the thing. By the way, unrealistic, right? Because when you uns- everyone knows this. When you unscrew a tire, it takes forever for the air to finally, like, let out. I... I understand. I mean, he's gonna have to get a tire pump. He can't can't go out. I mean, I, also that'd be can't annoying. drive because he can't pass a driver's test. So I love yeah. when he takes the little girl's bike. She's like, "That's my bike. That's my bike." And also, he's the like, mom, I owe like, you one. <laughs> the yeah. mom's like, "I'm gonna go Harry Christian on you." And as he's biking away, he's like, "It's Harry Carey, mom." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so many little things like that that make this movie so good i i found there is a couple scenes that were cut and i was actually trying to figure out so you can find them on youtube and i was trying to figure out where they play in the movie um but one of them is i think after they find the map the kids all run away quickly on their bikes and go to like a a gas station they call stop and shop and they find a map and Troy's there, and he starts messing with them, and he's about to punch Mikey, and Josh Brolin stops him and throws him against something, and Troy's like, my daddy's going to shut this town down. Um, and then they go I back to the that. house, and then they tie him up. And apparently that scene like plays when they used to play the it on TV, but it's hmm. like not available anywhere. It's like on YouTube, and then if you saw this in like the 90s on TV. Um, so uh, aside from that, is it established... I know at the end of the movie it is, but before that, is it established that he's the son of the foreclosure guy? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Even without that, even without that scene, because um, when he comes up to the door, he's like, "Oh, that's Troy's dad." And he's like, "Are your parents here?" And they're like, "Da da da da." And then later on, the uh, Andy's like, "Troy, stop it." Okay, okay. I think that's why they they got rid of the scene, uh, scene, right? Because one, it already establishes what they need to establish. And two, if Bran saves them from being beaten up, they just look more like a jerk tying him up, right? Well, he makes them come home. So it's it's unnecessary. But what's funny is when they go to the stop and shop, he opens up a town map and he sees the three rocks. And that's how they know where to ride to. Mm. So, but I mean... I've never before seeing that ever had a question of why they knew where to go. It's a small town, so I figured they would know anyway. Speaking um, of de- deleted scenes, there was a whole octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a big question about that because at the end of the movie, I think it's Data that was like, oh, and the octopus. And I was like, hold on a fucking second. I rewound <laughs> the movie and I was like, no, they go to the restaurant. They go under. There's a cave. They see copper pot. They do this. They go down the slide. There's the ship. There's no fucking octopus. And and then to mention it, I was so confused. I mean, yeah, back so in the 80s, plans, you didn't, like, you didn't have bullshit. to worry about things like that. So, you just so what's, continuity errors. I guess. So what? what's the octopus? Well, there was... So allegedly there was a... Giant animatronic octopus that in that happens right after they slide into the water and they're going into the ship and they have to fight off this octopus 
and there's a whole scene. I've seen it. Uh, I I forget exactly what happens, but that's the gist of it. And I, I, I remember that stood out to me that he said there was an octopus, and I was like, what is happening? And I figured it was him just, like, bolstering the story, you know? Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. So but. that's also on YouTube, and the octopus grabs Steph. She thinks it's mouth, and she, like, slaps the crap out of him. And then they both go under. It's a huge octopus. It looks fake as can be. And um, then Data swims down. He starts his, like, tape player underwater, which wouldn't work and then sticks it in the octopus's mouth and then you see the octopus like ooh, ooh, like swims off and then it's just discombobulated uh david does great impressions on the podcast i uh, you should listen to heat our episode on heat he does a great al pacino um and now we can say uh he does a great uh electronic short-circuiting octopus i believed it i believed it yeah. every second of it that was great i really just honed in um where was that talent on bite Hmm, buddy (laughs) wow well it was really the direction that i felt okay shut the fuck up now you're done you're done you're done (laughs) it took us like two hours to do that too it just kept going my wife was like where are you (laughs) anyways Um, yeah so that's crazy you're glad they cut out the octopus it was weird and and unnecessary yeah, Can you imagine being like these. those kids and like having to like have a whole day of shooting that like underwater? Like it was a hard day. It was like, you know, whatever, whatever. And then you sit down for the premiere and it's just gone. And you're like, well, shit. I see that all the time with episodes in the show Fuller House. I'm like, oh, I had a whole sequence gone. So, <laughs> yeah. How, what was like the hardest one to see go if you can think of one? Oh, the hardest one to see go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, we had... Uh, yeah, you know what's interesting? Actually, I'm more sad about the stuff that gets rewritten than the stuff that they actually cut because sometimes they will give us a, a rough draft of, of the script in the beginning of the week, and then by the end of the week, it's completely different. Some stuff we cut out. I'm like, oh, I really wanted the scene where I was in the Mexican wrestling place. I really wanted the scene where I was uh, like, I, I just, there, there were so many bits that I love. I can't think of something specific. I, I'll have to come back to you on that, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, Lots I, of stuff. I'm, gets sh- I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So they get to the restaurant. Uh, one thing I know, there's two, a couple things I noticed in this one, they like didn't get enough coverage apparently at one point. And then you see, there's a shot where the, Mikey is looking at the restaurant and Data, Chunk, and Mouth are in front of him. And it's clearly like a green screen, like with the restaurant in the background. It's like a shot that looks really bad. If you go back and look, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's bad. Um, I I think I know which one you're talking about. I was, you know, the the CGI in this movie is is a whole nother, a whole nother thing. Because honestly, for what it was, it wasn't that bad. But like the ship, uh, the pirate ship at the very end, I was like, oh, that's rough. You know, I think it's supposed to look like a painting at the end, though. It was like they were, that's what they were going for. <laughs> that was their I excuse. Think that's a, yeah, I think that's a stretch. It's supposed uh, to look like it's supposed, supposed to look like uh, it's supposed like to look someone. like shit, guys. It's supposed <laughs> to look like shit. It's not supposed to look good. Uh, also, all four all four kids are wearing a different color, just so you can keep track of them. Yeah, yeah. Your uh, your typical costume of the 
of the show or of the movie. And then when they get in the restaurant, I'm like, one thing that's not really established is like, how bad are the Fratellis, right? And like, why wouldn't they just kill two federal agents? Why wouldn't they just kill these four kids? Why are they going through the charade of giving them water? Like, just just kill the kids. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're gonna get way more crap if they than if these missing children are missing and then they're in this restaurant. Of course, they're gonna get way more crap for that. I oh, like so uh, two two dead FBI agents, and uh, we have our uh, deformed brother locked in the cellar downstairs, but we cannot kill these four kids. What? Okay, I. Yeah, I mean, they're looking at the, they're looking at the death penalty already. <laughs> like they've killed like federal agents. Like there's no going back. Why take the chance? Wait. So let me get this right. He he was a federal agent. Is that said, or did I just skip over that? I thought they were. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard this time. They're at least well, cops. I, they are law guys, enforcement for sure. It's it's murder any way you slice it. <laughs> Well, well, but it's like a guaranteed death penalty if you kill like an FBI agent, like for sure. Whereas you just kill normal people, it's like maybe. <laughs> and they're in Oregon, with as liberal as that place is, you know, it's probably yeah. like in the eighties, maybe. Well, yeah, who knows? Um, and then there's just you know there's some stuff that happened. I I do like the fact that you like Chunk is so annoying and you're glad he gets you know kidnapped basically, but he's right the entire time he like finds bullet holes he's like this is scary what are we doing here all right i'll tell you why i'm annoyed with him okay because and and this this happens all the time where a character speaks logical sense but they can't they can't verbalize it in a clear way so they're not taken seriously you know what I mean? What are you like, talking about? He the whole time he's like, "Let's go back. I don't want to be here." No, oh sure, let's go back. I don't want to be here. But that's just because he's scared. But when he sees the bullet holes and he like puts two and two together, he's like, "Guys, I'm like, just fucking say it. Just say it." Well, when yeah, but then when Mama Fratelli brings over the dirty water. And then she walks away. He's like, there's bullet holes in the car out there. And they're like, you're a liar. Which he is like the boy that cried wolf. So, you know, uh, yeah. that's why they don't believe him. But no, he's the voice of reason. I th- There are a couple things before they get to the passageway, though, that I'm just like, why is there just there just so happens to be a newspaper with the Fratelli's mugshots on the front in the restaurant? <laughs> In a place that's supposed to be closed. So, like, did they bring? Did they stop at a gas station just to get their own newspaper? To like, I oh, look like at this. They did. I feel like they did. If I if I was wanted <laughs> and I saw a poster of me, I listen. If it's my hideout, I'm like, yeah, I I maybe maybe. It's like those uh those western movies where you have like the wanted, um, the wanted posters on the on the door of the saloon, and like they. Those guys, the villains, still go to the saloon, right? It's, it's that same uh, energy. They had a money printing machine in the bottom. I feel like they were pretty established at this place. So that was so random. That was I was like, okay, so now it's a counterfeiting. And nope, it's not. And we're just going to completely ignore that and move on. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, counterfeiting I, money. And then yeah, and mm. then they just uh, they like they all get down the passageway. Chunk is hiding out. 
I love that when he sneezes and Mama Fratelli's like Gazuntai, I think is is funny. Um and then they tell him, Oh no, don't come down here to like safety with us. You go find the police by your by yourself. And then just like some stuff falls behind him and a window opens up. I I feel like a lot of this can just be brushed off as their kids planning this personally i mean i don't know how logical i was when i was i don't know how they like 14 13 14 13 14 i feel like that's probably one of the best plans i could come up with hey we're gonna go down there (laughs) you go find the police person and then chunk and then chunk is like the most unlucky person in the world as he runs to the one car that he can't run to that's hilarious so, not so but see that's the thing though it wouldn't have mattered if it was the right car if it was anyone from the town still no one would have believed him oh, no no i i feel like I feel he's like, like oh my god i just saw my friends get brutally brutally murdered and they're like oh th- that chunk well he he calls the cops and the cops like oh there was like the gremlins reference right where he's like oh yeah aren't you the one that told me about the things you can't feed after midnight or whatever um so yeah, yeah, I I I get it. That part is established really well that like Chunk is the one who has this information but no one can believe him because of who he is. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that was that. good. Yeah, that lo- they, they have lots of credibility for all the characters and all, all it's it's set up very simply, you know? Like, oh, he can read the map because he can speak Spanish. Oh, he isn't getting the cops because clearly he's unlucky, you know, and stuff like that. Satisfying. <laughs> um, and now we're we're in the tunnel which i think i don't know from here on out is kind of my favorite part of the movie and it's it's weird too like it takes forever to get to the tunnel and i don't really i never really remembered it that way and this is like a, a almost exactly two hour movie and then it probably takes what like an hour i think to get into the tunnel and then from there on like the ship part is the last 30 minutes of the movie the last fourth of the movie they find the ship and i was like i just didn't remember it working out that way i was so surprised too when it's it's an hour and 10 to get to the tunnel and then i'm watching it and and that's when i backed up to like i'm like there's no octopus where's the octopus so i backed it up and i was like 20 minutes left of the movie we're still on the ship 30 minutes left of the movie we just got on the ship. And I was like, seriously? Like the whole finding copper pots, skeleton, the piano, the slide, the whole Fratelli chase, the whole sloth thing. Like that's in between that. I was like, it, I, I will say this. Apart from the beginning being quite slow, I thought the movie was really well paced in feeling like you're fitting all these giant set pieces in there. But it feels like this very linear thing going on and i i actually really like that about the film i agree i didn't i didn't think of it like that but yeah definitely um so uh, one thing that uh, i read i always thought and i read and it kind of just like solidified it for me is like those rocks drop like mikey accidentally sets off the booby trap after they find the dynamite and those rocks drop like kind of blocking their way and then the Fratellis just walk right past those rocks to get to them. Yeah. Oh. Well, they don't. They don't set themselves back up. The rocks, right? 
It's not like the ghost of one eye. No, they're Willy, blo- they're, like... bl- they're blocking the path though. They shouldn't be able to get by them. I guess you could you could make the case that you does it show that show them get by them or you can make the case that they just walked on top of them. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> they lady, definitely slid on top years of old. them. <laughs> Mama Fratelli just jumps to the top. Parkour. <laughs> Starts running across them. <laughs> Fucking Mario. Actually, she kind of looks like Mario, so that works out. <laughs> the other funny thing that I read is, um, what's his name? Mikey finds and they're Beluga. Italian. Wow, there yeah, that's true. Connecting dots. Mikey finds that Lou Gehrig card, and that card uh, in mint condition is worth two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. <laughs> so uh, presumably, I don't know. They never establish how much is needed to save this town, but then at the end, a handful of like. It, they look like the rocks you get it like when you go to like medieval times and you're like, Mom or Dad, can I get the rocks? Can I get like a scoop of rocks and put into this bag? That's what it looks like. Yes, I, I, I had that exact thought. I was like, I remember having like I had a little pirate ship in the back of my uh, uh, backyard, and yeah, we had all those like little plastic gems. I was like, I used to play Goonies with that all the time uh, in this pirate ship, but yeah. Oh wait, what was the thing that happened right after the the rocks? Uh, wait, they they go out in, onto the street, and then when they're back in the tunnel, they have like the little the bats? key thing. No, it's the bats, and then the key. Yeah, I think no. the I think the key. I think he does the key, and that opens the thing for the bats to fly out. I mm. think is that that's what happens. Oh, you're talking about the 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 skeleton thing that they found around Chester Cowberpot's uh, neck, right? Neck, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, actually, I thought that was really cool. Like, the the hint, the the clue that leads to them putting the the thing in the the slot and then turning it, I thought that was like, oh, okay. You know, watching this whole thing, like, from the tunnel onward, from, like, the rocks falling and the bats and the piano and the ground falling out from underneath them and the slide and the pirate ship. I was like, it's so obvious that they wanted this to be like a ride at Universal Studios or something. They were like, man, we got to make this movie to, to make a fucking attraction or something. What? I mean, it would it would be a kick-ass attraction. You don't think so? Like the I would, whole... I, I don't think that they made it for an attraction, I feel like it could be a really cool attraction. I don't know. Really? Is that what you think? I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, we're going to make this movie to to make a attraction, but I, I feel like, okay, maybe it was just because of the way they made it is that most of the set pieces look like something you would see as an attraction, I guess. Yeah. Like, obviously, those aren't real rocks. Those are like, made with rubber and cement right so i feel like a lot of it kind of looked like an attraction already um but there was nothing more like ride oriented in my mind when i saw them going down the slide i was like just just stick a couple of like inner tubes in there and you've got like a, a ride at disney i would love a goonies themed water park oh my gosh Oh my gosh. You know, so when they were done filming this, they tried to give the ship away to anyone who wanted it for whatever reason and no one they couldn't find anyone to take it. So they for just had free? to scrap Yeah. They just had to scrap the ship. 
Um, I think though that parts of the ship were given either given or sold to Disneyland for like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. But yeah, like no, so your like whole idea of like oh they want to make a theme park, no one would do it, which is funny because there's so many like little theme parks throughout the country. You would think someone would be like a Steven Spielberg, you know, produced movie uh, wants to give us a ship. Like it's just just like makes so much sense to just take this, and no one wanted it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gone now, Michael. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what's funny is that, you know, back when they made the pirate movies, they were just clamoring for like, in this case, it was it was a, an attraction being made into a, uh, a movie. Could you imagine the Goonies coming out around the same time? They would have made a ride that fast. Totally. For agree. sure. Or an attraction of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, the bats looked ridiculously fake, and then I read that they're just pieces of paper shot out of air cannons. Except That's for a, a few like rubber toy bats that were just like on a string, like fluttered in front of them. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, the, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is while all this is going on, I love the stuff with Chunk and Sloth. Like, at, like all the stuff that's happening at the same time. It's just like these little vignettes of like oh he's he's meeting him and they're tied up and he's scared of him and then like immediately he gives him a baby ruth and they both love baby ruth so now they're friends and like he kisses them and um then they're just adventures of like breaking out and following them all that stuff is fun to me that i don't know Alon hates him so 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 fun i i love chunk i love sloth that whole relationship is beautiful i don't know why Alon hates love it's insane to me. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I will say, so I'm not fucking crucified through this whole review. I will say that as soon as Chunk teams up with Sloth, he becomes a much more likable character. I just don't like him in like the beginning, him try him like no one believing him and then him not kind of, you know, but but once uh once he I think it is that moment where he gives Sloth the baby Ruth. And I think it's the moment where like everyone's scared of him except, I mean, Chunk is scared of him at first, but he, he, I don't know. He's much more understanding of the whole situation. And that's when I started to like Chunk. So there. I also, the whole reason I wanted my son to watch this movie is so I could get him to say, Hey, you guys. Because right now, you know, he doesn't talk great. And so, like, if he could say it like a three-year-old, that is, like, the goal. So I might just show him that scene over and over again. Your your goal is to have your son that already doesn't speak well to say, hey, you guys, in hopes that he sounds exactly like Sloth. Well, he's going to put his own spin on it. But, yeah, I mean, he's getting better. So we're taking the speech therapy. But while he has trouble... As most three-year-olds do, just Let's get exploit some it. enjoyment. Out. Yeah, Mine is I'm not going to exploit it. Exploit it for my own personal satisfaction. I'm not going to sell it, although maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think he uh, would like the Goonies. You should show him the whole thing. There, I said it. Personally, maybe maybe when the the wife I, is out of town. I think you. I think you should because when I finished this movie, we had a phone conversation, David, where. You asked me like, okay, so is it or is it not appropriate? Like, were those people on Twitter right or wrong? And I was like, those people on Twitter are way too, I don't know, sensitive. Because I 
I honestly think it's perfectly fine for a three-year-old. The problem with isn't like like giving him a bad impression. The problem is just scaring him. Like it's kind of dark a little bit for a three-year-old. So that's the only issue. I mean, if your three-year-old is a wuss, sure. But, you know. <laughs> I've seen what you were like as a kid, Alon. You've seen it? Pictures. So okay. I love when, by the way, when Chunk and Sloth get to the pipes and Sloth pushes them all the way up and you just hear like the noises of people like screaming and all of that happening. Like that part makes me laugh. Apparently, I don't know if... So there was a novelization of this movie. So I can't remember if this was in the original script or was in like in the novelization afterwards. But apparently when either when Sloth does that or when the kids are messing with the pipes, like two gorillas break out of the zoo because of like the pipes being messed with and they steal Troy's car. (laughs) It was supposed to be part of it. Of course. That's hilarious. I love Um, that. Which then brings me to the next scene where we find Troy at the wishing well. Why the hell was Troy hanging? Like, is there nothing to do in this town that he's just like, I'm going to go hang out at a wishing well? You know, you know, I. What what do bullies do in their free time? What do athlete guys do? I, hang I mean, out at wishing wells. Hang out at wishing wells. I mean, is that? I mean, hey, I feel like small towns they only have like a couple places that that are you know, tolerable to hang out at personally, but it looked well, nice. <laughs> well, maybe he's also an idiot that believes in wishing wells and is like, if I throw a quarter in here, I'll get to see Andy's boobs. And he's like, that's what, yeah. What, what did he wish for again? <laughs> he wished for some, some crap, didn't he? He, he to get like with, he wanted to get yeah. with Andy huh? Okay. or make it with Andy. I can't remember the term he used. It was like 80s slang. <laughs> uh, Right before that, though, one of my favorite scenes, and I think it's Mouth picking up all the the pennies and dimes, right? And uh, he's like, how old is this treasure? Like, before George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or um, Jackson or whatever? (laughs) And uh, I was so confused. I was like, what? Like, what? So the treasure, I was just like, really confused and then it was revealed oh they're at the bottom of the wishing well and then i looked at the timestamp of this movie and i was like oh yeah we're we're nowhere close to the end okay cool like i i love that whole thing my sister and i quote it all the time it's our time it's our time down here i love it so you would have been convinced by mikey you would have been like all right yeah i was right dude he he would have been mikey i would have been mikey I think Andy. Right. I think Andy goes up. Andy is like, she's a little bit of an annoying character in this. She's like, at one what? point, she, after she, after she gets scared in the beginning, she's like, I should have just let Troy sexually assault me. Like, I would be so much <laughs> safer up there. <laughs> like, she's like, I should have let him look down my. I'm gonna be pretty only for so long. And I was like, all right. And then, and then, she makes out with like a ten year old. Yeah, but not knowingly. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if, you, I, if, if you can't tell, like, one second, the guy you're, like, eyeing doesn't have braces, and then you make out with him, and you think he does have braces, and then you're like, oh, he doesn't have braces, and you're too stupid to, like, put two and two together, yeah, maybe you are annoying. Yeah. If I had to say one character was annoying, it'd be Andy, so 
Slot. I mean, and then she's like, "Oh, uh, watch out for that hole that Brant must have been standing in because he was so much shorter than he should have been." <laughs> that's right. And that's like a, that's like a writer's room. Like, hey, wait, okay, the braces is one thing, but like, how does she not know the height? And <laughs> some guy's just like, "He was standing in a hole. Can we move on? Like, let's keep it going." <laughs> I love the urinals, by the way. That was so funny. I I I was convinced that like caves had urinals at that, like 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 naturally occurring. You know, they had like little divots in the thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Wait, wait. So if the, there was I'm like... I'm using the men's room, Mikey. <laughs> uh, didn't the girls go to the bathroom too? I think so. Yes. Right. So so what? There was just naturally occurring like toilet yes. bowls? Yes. Okay. Little hole. That was the hole that he was standing in. And then they had <laughs> oh, a bidet. God. They had a bidet. uh no so the part where andy sends up just her jacket with like troy's uh name his letterman jacket i thought was so great and his like his uh andy yeah you goody that was a pretty good impression impression. it sounded like it was going through a well it went through my eardrums (laughs) it wasn't that loud for me Something in between there. Uh, so we get to, uh, yeah, we get to Mikey's speech about let's uh, let's keep this uh, plot going, and uh, <laughs> they they figure out uh, the key. Right, this is when they turn the key and they they go through the. Um, well, the no, I see, this is. No, this is um, this is when the kiss happens, and then they're just sort of chilling for some reason, and the Fratellis catch up to them. So they run through like the Skull Cave, which is really cool. Like oh, I don't yeah, know if yeah, I yeah. ever noticed that before. And then they get to the piano. Um, what what is funny about the um, the octopus getting deleted is like how much data is responsible for this movie, like for their success. Like he does the slick shoes thing, which buys them a ton of time. He fights off the octopus. I I will say like, not that you know you have to like suspend your disbelief like that that matters for a movie like this, but the fact that those chompers caught him, like his what his uh, pearls of his like uh, pinchers of peril or whatever you called them. Yeah. Um, I was like, come on, come on, guys. As a kid, I was like, that's awesome. I want a <laughs> pair of those. But as an adult, I was like, that doesn't work. I thought that's it would why be. So- I wanted a grappling hook. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I remember like six years ago, we hung out and you had this grappling hook and you were obsessed with it and you tried to climb a tree with it. And it was the most like failed thing. <laughs> the most dangerous, the most like failed. Oh my God. So funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about the, the pinchers of peril. There we uh, are. That's what it was. Oh the uh, I, Also, I, I kind of wish that we didn't see data... This is going to sound bad. Don't take it. I like Data, okay? But I kind of wish we didn't see him save himself. I wish we... Because they were like panicking. They were like, oh my God, Data's dead. He's dead. But we as the audience saw that he saved himself before the rest of the gang knew. I kind of would have liked to also us to think that he died and to like cry along with the with the rest of the gang. And then it's revealed that he... No, he saved himself. I thought that would have been more like a cool way of showing it. 
I think that the uh, pinchers of apparel they they come in later too with when he chomps the guy's dick, right? <laughs> At the pot. yeah, that's true. Yeah. But but also, I mean, you talked about this with like the movie we did last, uh, the boat that rocked, and like, oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was not going to die. We didn't do that last. Oh, we haven't done it yet. Shut up, David. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, oh, do not look behind the curtain. <laughs> the continuity of I Finally Watched must remain intact. The IFW Fine. universe must stay pure. <laughs> okay? Anyway. You're putting too much branches on the timeline. All right? This is the most well, annoying wh- timeline. So we get to the piano. I, watching it this time, I was like, I don't really understand how the uh, engineering of this piano works. Like how someone in like the what seventeenth eighteenth century designed this thing, but obviously once again you can suspend your disbelief for that. And as I said before, it's like the most memorable scene, getting to then the slide, which I always was like that looks so much fun. I I was confused why the whole fucking piano thing why they were standing around while it was breaking around them. I was like you know hey you could just go at the edge where the fratellis went. That's what I thought. I was like, what are you doing? But Well, I mean, but you could, but you, you'd have to get the drawbridge all the way down, even if you did. I feel like I, you could have climbed in a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. My... Just once have you it like two... 30%? Yeah, okay. Once you get two notes right, maybe just go for it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't waste time. I wouldn't be doing that. Also, it's like what you said, 1700s. I mean, I feel like crap is... Man, I don't know who built that, but it has been lasting... In the water and the grime, you know, I feel like may- either it's really, really structurally sound. Inte- yeah. It's a, yeah, structurally sound, or those chains could have broken. You know, hey, I could have done something like that personally. Also, also, what I found really annoying through that entire sequence was how long it took the Fratellis to climb up that like two rocks. I was like, dude, come on! Oh my god. They were cu- they were covered in slippery stuff, and it was wet. No, only only the the log was covered in slippery stuff. It got and on them. What do you think? It just like it didn't get on them after they fell into it. It's two rocks, I agree, David. Alan. It's two rocks. They're two full grown men, and all they had were two rocks and a little Asian boy like throwing shit at them. Okay, he punched, he punched them, them with the yeah. He punched. Okay. He punched them. <laughs> Fine. Right, so I'm let's... right in between you two. All right. I think. I think that yeah, they could have gone a little faster, but yeah, he did punch him. There was some slick stuff. I understand. So, um, getting they they go down the slide. They get to the ship. They get in the ship very easily. No octopi to be found. Um, I do think it's a cool scene. Probably like the most um, of the non like action or the comedy aspects, like the drama part of it. I think. Uh, Mikey's speech to One-Eyed Willie when he finds him, he's like, I found you, I beat you. Like, I won, I think is really cool. Um, I'll tell you what. I did not think I was going to get emotionally invested in this movie until Mikey said to One-Eyed Willie's skeleton, you're the original Goonie. And I'm like, ah, shit, here comes the tears. Because... For me, and then especially when he looks back and he sees all of the other Goonies there, and they're like, they're like, yeah, man, we did it. And I was like, and then his brother, Brand, is like, I'm with you, dude. And I'm just like, oh, 
fuck, man, this is like it hits it hits a special emotional chord, uh, especially when you think like Michael. Kind of back to answer to your question is who set up all these traps? It was One Eyed Willie, and how like the traps, especially the final trap that uh, like gets all the the rocks falling in the in the cave with the ship is set up exactly like the trap or well, not really a trap but exactly like the the thing they have to open the gate in front of their yeah. house and i was like why are they like all this like oh we're goonies and we're all about goonies but it's like they were the pirates and them like were the same uh amount of craftiness between them both and like they they really like connected with that and so when he was like you're the original goonie i was like well shit movie got to make me tear up now i i i think that that the second that that feeling happened and i was in it was when he was out on the porch in the very beginning and then uh brand comes in and and hugs him and drags him off off of the porch that that was that was that yeah. and i was like ah all right there it is that was really good too so to run through this real quick, the Fratellis catch up with them. They, for some reason, they're the Fratellis to get rid of them are just going to make them jump in water. Like, I didn't really understand that. And so then they, like, fight them off and don't want to jump in the water, but then they jump in the water anyway. I didn't really understand that. It always bothered me as a kid, too. Like, oh, they were so close to all these riches. And then they only get to keep this just enough to save the town. But then it was like, that boat's not moving that fast. They probably caught up with the boat. <laughs> As an adult, I was like, they definitely just went after the boat with money on it. <laughs> I mean, I thought even if the boat, like losing the integrity of the boat all these, you know, hundreds of years and it sank to the bottom, dude, there's gold in that. You send people out to go scuba diving to go collect that shit. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. That. That's the only point where I was like, they would have shot and killed all of them. That was the only part where I was like they would have done it in the beginning but now but now now I get it now there's lots of money to be had so well because the the Fratelli's only concern was like we have to protect our really bad fake money printing press and then there was like oh this like gross amount of treasure that's worth way more than anything we could have produced so like yeah you're right the stakes would have been a lot higher it's like you know what we we weren't gonna kill the kids for like a couple hundred thousand but we'll fucking murder some children for, you know, a couple million bucks. It's not a couple million. It's probably like billions. That <laughs> couple, treasure is probably billions. Well, I, I, I do like uh, a couple things. One, the fact that Mikey's like, hey, we don't take those coins. Those are willies. And then that's the thing that undoes the Fratellis is the fact that they were greedy and took the those ones. Which is no way, like, anyone would have known that. But so Even Sloth if I saw say, that coming, even... Though I, I saw that coming, I thought that was a really good, that was a really good thing. Yeah, the sloth saving them scene. Then at the, the end, sloth. I'm saying the scene of sloth okay. saving them. Um, that's his like wrestling name. So the sloth saving them scene to then uh, chunk saying, "Hey." We're going to adopt you. And I was just like, what? No, you're not. But then apparently in the novelization, his parents actually adopt Chunk and like they throw a bar mitzvah for him. You mean, you mean Sloth? 
Yeah, yeah, sorry, Sloth. Yeah, they adopt Chunk. No, yeah, they adopt Chunk, this, like, 40-year-old-looking um, guy, and they're like, You mean yeah, Sloth! We're gonna Sloth. <laughs> you mean Sloth! I do. So they adopt Chunk. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, yeah. But anyway, I just, like, that part, I was like, you're not going to adopt that guy, but apparently they do, um, or the movie at least commits to that. Well, obviously, you know, it's directed by Richard Donner, so when when they pull off of uh, Sloth's shirt and it's the Superman shirt, I was like, yes. And then, like, you hear the Superman theme. When, it was awesome. When he went to go save him, I think I, I, I definitely think I teared up there. I was like, yep, there it is. There it is. Hey, you um, guys. Normally, I end this with fun facts. I was able to get a lot of them in, but the one I didn't is... So, I'm just going to read this. The wall calendar scene um, in the movie shows October of 1985. Uh and then mouth indicates that it's a Saturday. The newspaper front page seen around the 43-minute mark is dated October 24th, 1985, which was a Thursday. All this would mean that the action takes place on Saturday, October 26th, 1985, which happens to be the exact same day on which the events of Back to the Future took place. Ah. And that's such a cool detail. That is a cool detail. Uh, like also, the, the detail that Data's dad is the sheriff. Data's dad's not the sheriff. Wait. Whose dad is the sheriff? Data's dad is the Asian man. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> no, but is it well, the director? The director of the movie is the sheriff. It's like oh, a small scene. That's Richard Donner. I think so. Yeah, that's what I read. So, but but who's Data's dad? And don't say the Asian man. <laughs> There's the, an Asian the... man and a woman that go on the beach and talk to. Data. I know, but he's he has like a jacket. He had oh no, they're all wearing cop jackets, right? Yeah. yeah okay. He's not a cop. I think so. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe? Okay. All right. Well, well a lot of the a lot of those parents were the real parents of the kids, or at least some of them. Like that was Chunk's mom who the, who came out there. So So what what was the last the very last scene of the movie? The ship going away rosalita so originally rosalita finds those um like the jewels at the house like later on uh right before they sign the papers but then they changed it so you could have the scene of the ship looking very crappily in the background floating away but they changed it to the beach and had it right there so the last scene is her finding the jewels um them telling troy's dad to fuck off and then they see the ship and then they're like who's got a boat let's go get the ship yeah, no i I really like the movie. Um, I I obviously had my gripes with it, but overall, I think it was really sweet. I wish I saw it when I was younger because I feel like I would be like you guys and and seen less and like just overall be less critical and really like um, enjoy the kids' moments as a kid. But enjoying it as an adult, I think you see details and stuff that you don't appreciate as a kid that you can watch it now and be like, okay, that that's cool. You know? Yeah. I understand. I feel like, I feel like if you had the base as a kid and then you saw it now, I feel like that's almost double because that's, that's at least how I felt when I just watched it. But I understand. Well, now I can't say I haven't seen it. Well, there you go. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, this movie is a net positive movie experience. I, I I give this a ten out of ten. I love it. And all right, I'm out trying now. 
thank you guys for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. And Alon has finally watched The Goonies. It's a great time. Thank you all. And I'll see you around in the next episode where you watch something else. I don't know what you're doing next. The boat that rocked. <laughs> the boat that rocked next on I Finally Watched.